Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Make Earth Think Again podcast. Uh, today we will be talking uh, about a few select uh, stories that I've been seeing over the past day. Uh, today has been quite a big news day in terms of what's been going down. And the first story I want to talk about is uh, the reports that have been coming out that uh, one of the French presidential frontrunners, Francois Fillon, has been put under formal investigation over an alleged diversion of public funds. Um, the reason why this is important is because right now we're in a state of a lot of European countries, a lot of countries in general, hosting their elections, and France is one of the top ones going on at the moment. It's one of the ones that it's quite comparable to the US election in terms of what policies are being put forward. Um, same could be said with Brexit on terms of what policies are being put forward. And the French one has now taken a you know a step foot you know further and it looks ever so, you know, likely that uh Marie Le Pen has got almost uh, you know, a massive chance of winning this. And the reason is because one of the, you know, greater you know the person that was probably the biggest rival to Le Pen has now been put under this formal investigation that has come through I'm looking at the BBC report on this here because that's where I first found it uh the reason was because uh of suspicions that he arranged for his wife Penelope to be played to be paid public money for work as his parliamentary assistant, assistant, which she did not actually carry out. So, you know, I think that it's been, you know, it's a good response to have uh, to go under investigation. There's been an alleged, um, you know, money laundering scheme you could, you know, put to some extent. Um, so, you know, an investigation's going through, you know, because of these claims. And, uh, you know, this, you know, should hopefully, you know, bring light to what happened. If, you know, the allegations are false, then it's probably going to destroy uh, Francois Fillon, which at a at this time is, you know, the worst time for it to be happening. But at the same time, you know, he'd started to fall away in terms of the polls. And I... Uh, because of this now, Le Pen's only um, rival, to some extent, is Emmanuel Macron, uh, who is the leader of the more centralist party in France. So it, there's a very good chance that that's what it's going to come down to in terms of um, how the election is going to break down and I feel like Le Pen is going to have a very good chance of winning it and you know the policies she's been putting forward are you know fall in line with what the Dutch have been um, you know expressing at the moment with uh, Gert Wilders which you know the election for the Dutch is uh, tomorrow Wednesday the 15th um, and with like I was saying in the last episode, uh, talking about the riots, you know, this is just bolstering, you know, their cause. You know, more people are going to be thinking about the, you know, the far right movement as people, you know, know it as. You know, this more, you know, na I wouldn't say nationalist, but 
you know, protectionist uh, view that wants to make it so that nations, you know, are nations again. You know, not to say that we are not one, it's just that we don't want this globalism taking over from us because it creates more problems, it opens a new can of worms that people don't want. So, you know, it is, you know, a cause for concern and... You know, that argument is now getting bolstered, you know, by the minute. Kind of staying in Europe, uh, Brexit should uh, now be on the right path of being completed as uh, Parliament has now fully agreed on the conditions. The House of Lords have effectively conceded to um, the House of Commons and have said, okay, we're going to allow this to go through now, which, uh, like I was talking about in my last episode, you know, that it's a good thing that that has gone through, because I was fearing that there would just be constant back and forth between the House of Commons and the House of Lords, you know, nobody will go- agree with each other, but now the House of Lords, you know, within, you know, the course of a week, have decided to back down on their statement, and will lead... Now to the triggering of Article 50, which should be happening by the end of the month. It's meant to take place within the last week. Um, all that should be waiting on. I don't know if it has gone through now, but uh, it was. Um, we should still just be waiting on the bill to be a royal uh, decree. So, you know, that shouldn't take too long. There's no reason for it to, you know, not go through. You know, everything is in place for it too. So there shouldn't be much of a worry with that. And as that has happened, uh, Theresa May has come out and uh, has hailed this, as BBC News has put this, as a defining moment for this to happen. It kind of shows now how, you know, the will of the people has, you know gone past you know the people that you can argue are in this aristocratic state in the form of the house of lords so you know that's all good you know that has come through from this the only problem now being the actual deals that need to come out of europe you know between britain as well as now the offensive that is potentially going through from nicola sturgeon because you know, it hasn't fully been, you know, agreed on yet. Um, but that will have to be an issue that has to be tackled to have, you know, the potential of this referendum. And, you know, you know, there's two challenges now, one coming internally, one that has to be dealt externally, and hopefully the two won't conflict, because if the two conflict, we might be getting the worst of both worlds. But hopefully they won't conflict, Hopefully the dealings with Europe should go through smoothly because there are dealings that are wanting to be made from both parties. Uh, and then the issue with Scotland should be, you know, hopefully isolated if it does go through. It should hopefully have little effect on how the dealings should go through, let alone in terms of what will happen uh, with Scotland in this, you know, that's the whole reason why this is going through, is because of Scotland. Hopefully, the the only crossover should be that, you know, the Scotland out argument being that they want to be part of Scotland, 
but the um, crossover in terms of what Europe will be looking at is say you know one clause that says you know Scotland should be allowed a free pass in if they have independence they should be on some form of fast track scheme if they really want to but that is of course dependent on if they do want to become independent and join the European Union. In other news as we go over the pond to America um, there's been reports coming through this is coming out from Reuters that uh, an independent report that has come out from um, I'm trying to think as uh, the US Congressional Budget Office has said that with the uh, healthcare plan of uh, Donald Trump uh, we could be uh, forecast for 24 million more people uh, being uninsured by 2026 which is a shame it's by that point um, what will be happening is not just undoing the work of the Obama scheme but going a step back it will work out potentially you know because 20 about 20 million americans got you know support thanks to obamacare and with 24 million people you know losing out um number four we should be seeing in total by 2026 52 million people that will be uninsured you know we'll be at a point that will mean that we've got to step back and I hope with people looking at this report that there will be you know revision to it because we shouldn't be restricting you know how many people get insurance what should be changed is how people get the insurance in terms of what benefits there are in terms of what healthcare schemes there will be you know how hospitals will be operated so, you know, I think just getting people, you know, out of the scheme is, you know, a poor step in terms of how things could potentially be handled. There, you know, hopefully is a different way of doing this. So, we've just got to wait and see what revisions there are going to be because there should be, as Trump has initially said, there will be revisions to put in place the other uh, schemes that uh, were promised during the campaign trail so you know there will be revisions let's hope that you know these issues are addressed because to just take away people's insurance you know, not literally but it will end with people losing out on their insurance you know, is not what we should be aiming towards in all honesty we need to be looking at you know in terms of replacement to actually make sure that those people do get the coverage that they need, but also making sure that it is economically beneficial to um, the United States. We can't have people losing out. We can't make it. Can't be making it such a burden on the budget because that is something that you know the Trump administration wants to crack down on is reducing the budget deficit, and they're on track to do so amazingly. But at the same time. It does come at the cost of stuff like healthcare and stuff like uh, disability benefits like I was talking about in the last episode. In terms of other things that have been happening over in the United States, 
the Wall Street Journal has reported that uh, Trump is broadening the CIA powers to allow drone strikes to be taking place. I can kind of see both arguments with this. Because the reason why this shouldn't be a thing is because the CIA, after Vault 7, and, you know, the releases with Vault 7, you know, there should be less interest from the government because they are less trustworthy with all this. You know, we shouldn't be trusting them with stuff like, you know, drones. And in terms of the actual drone you know, stuff as well, it does, you know, reports have come out that it has a higher chance of having civilian impacts than just having insurgents on the ground. But at the same time, you've got to consider why this has happened. In terms of, you know, the other option instead of drone strikes would be, you know, some form of insurgency. And the problem with that is that you're now risking, you know, American lives and if you're looking at it from an American standpoint you don't want to be risking American lives you want to kind of minimize on the lives that you have to the only lives you should be risking should be the enemy's lives that should be the only one ones that you should be fully caring about in terms of the CIA you know like I said you know they shouldn't be as trusted but at the same time these are the people that are more likely to know what's going to be going on in each area if you consider you know they have the ability to do all this hacking and all this spying they're more likely with that to be able to you know find targets that are an actual threat and to be able to you know easily track them make sure they know that they have the right target and they potentially have you know a greater assessment skill in terms of do we use the drone strikes you know when's the best time to use them and hopefully because of that it should lead to less civilian dead than when you know the pentagon was you know where all the people were you know, doing this you know because with these drone strikes there is you know, like I said, a greater threat of there being civilian deaths, you know, for whatever reason. But, you know, hopefully, you know, with this, we shouldn't be seeing too much of a problem in terms of civilian dead, in terms of uh, you know, CIA. Hopefully, this should bring a little bit of trust towards the CIA, not to say that you know, at the moment they should be trusted, of course they shouldn't be, for all the things that we have found out about them, but, you know, this is probably one of the only times in the next year which they can kind of regain that faith in the American people and make sure that everything, you know, should be fine, what they are doing is, you know, good with the American people. In terms of other news uh, concerning America, a um a few statistics that have come out um with sources from um that have been compiled together from Milo Yiannopoulos saying about the rate of crime and illegal immigration that's been happening in the United States. Uh I've looked through the video and picked out the uh information that's been set said through this and it is a call for concern. Um, it states that 21.7% of inmates are illegal immigrants, 
if illegals committed the same amount of crime as the United States, then we can estimate there being 70 million illegal immigrants, which is seven times greater than the estimates coming out of the Department of Home Security. So, even that means that illegal immigration, you know, at one end, could be up to seven times, you know, illegal immigrants are seven times more likely to commit a crime, or, at the other extreme, we have the possibility of there being seven times more illegals than first initially thought. What it will most probably be, as it does state in the video, is somewhere in the middle. You know, it won't just be straight up, you know, either one of those sides. It will be in you know, a combination of the two. There, there is the potential of there being more illegal immigrants than first realised, as well as there being, you know, more crime committed by these illegals than American citizens. And this is why there is this call for concern in terms of having this border. Because if we can cut down, you know, illegal immigration by, you know, even 50%, you know, at the cost that it is in terms of making sure that isn't illegals once they're already in the country, you know, compared to stopping them in the first place, because I think I remember seeing, I don't have the source of me right now, that 40% uh, of illegal immigration is because of visa expiration. So if the other 60% is from initial illegal crossings, then hopefully with that being said we should be you know seeing a, a reduction in illegal immigration by 60 percent uh, a reduction in crime by i'm gonna try and do the maths on this 0.2 times 0.6 we could potentially see a reduction in crime you know a reduction in inmates by 12 percent in t you know potentially not saying it will you know fully happen but there is the potential of that happening and you know if there's a reduction in crime of you know a 12 percent i think that's worth it for if you consider how much you know prison you know how much money is spent on prisons keeping hold of inmates you know the amount it costs in terms of uh, trying to stop illegal immigration, because you have to consider you know, illegal immigration, as it says in the name, is illegal. It is a crime to not cross without the right documentation. I I keep seeing these, um, you know, this online in you know a lot of Reddit threat threads, you know, primarily, you know, people saying, you know, we should be protecting them. No, we shouldn't be. They have committed a crime, and we are trying to pre prevent crimes being committed on U.S. soil. I don't get how that isn't you know simple. If you have cause, if you have the ability to stop crime, then stop the crime. You know, with you know domestic issues, that's a different can of worms. You know, we should be prioritizing. You know, pol you know, the police work on more domestic things rather than, you know, international things such as illegal immigration because that should be dealt with, you know, in a different way that, you know, because you can't exactly, you know, deport somebody that is a citizen and is a national of a country, you know, because where can you deport them to? The only place you can put them is in jail 
whereas with you know an illegal immigrant you know they're a national and a citizen of a different country you have the bit the ability to deport to deport them and you should be able to exercise that right to do so uh, you know i don't get how this is any different to you know any other crime where you have the ability to exercise that right in other news and you know th- thinking more about the reddit comments uh, a report has come out from the la times that um if i this well it's, i'm just going to load pop-ups from the la times because of ad blocker let me turn this off a second pause ad blocker refresh uh the reports have come out that the irs have stripped the tax exemption status of uh richard spencer uh, with his non-profit organisation. The reason why this has gone down, and rightfully so, is because he hasn't done his tax returns. I don't care if this person is a right nationalist. He has a non-profit organisation that is exercising its right to free speech. I wouldn't technically class him as a white nationalist. I'd class him as a piece of shit. I'll give you that. But at the same time... You know, he's allowed to say what he's allowed to say. The only thing he's done illegal is not pay his taxes. And there is proof of it. And justice has been served to him. You know, he doesn't have the tax exempt status on his, you know, quote, non-profit organisation. But it seems like, because I first saw this on the, um on reddit front page it made the front page of reddit from the politics subreddit it seems the comments about this seem to not get the idea about it um one person that you know was able to state that you know the reason why this has happened is because of you know improper paperwork or you know lack of proper paperwork i should point out is uh, his response to it is score one for uh, let's deal with him l- with, with this later. I don't think that's the case. There's nothing to deal with. It is somebody that is exercising his wa- right to free speech. He has his opinions. He has a non-profit organization. If you don't want to hear you know, the opinions of him because you disagree with him, and I don't blame you for disagreeing with him. I personally believe they're not the best opinions. But if you don't agree with him, don't support his, you know, non-profit organization in the slightest because you know with an organization like that the money that you would be giving to them to support them would go with making their voice bigger rather than you know filling up their wallets so you know it's fair enough uh, another comment because uh, i want to read through the comments that go through here uh the second one down from it says uh something tells me the irs will be one of those agencies judged under the new executive orders to be inefficient and unnecessary and thus merged with a more useless and produ- useful and productive agency like the de- Department of Free Handouts to Billionaires. Oh my god. Look. I, I don't get where you're getting this assumption from because, you know, the... The executive orders that have been coming out for the US are meant to be helping everyone, not just the billionaires, everyone, you know, your average Joe on your streets, you know, the, you know, the underpaid worker, you know, the IRS, if anything, 
are stopping the billionaires because you know the way that billionaires are able to stay billionaires is from finding the loopholes in tax you know and whilst it's immoral to do so there's technically nothing wrong because they're not breaking a law but it's up to the IRS to you know close those loopholes to make it so that everybody pays their fair share of tax and for them to be merged with you know handouts for billionaires is like trying to merge the department for environmental protection you know the EPA merging them with you know the contractors that will be working on something like the Dakota Access Pipeline or with the wall which you know many people have deemed unenvironmentally friendly it would make no sense for that to happen and you know that won't happen of course it won't happen if it does happen I will eat my hat but there is nothing to suggest that that will happen skim through some more of the comments uh, articles should stop dancing around the term white supremacist because that is exactly what Spencer is. I mean, he isn't a self, um, I don't know what the right words, self-confessed. I can think about the words that he says that he's not a self uh, a self-confessed white nationalist, white supremacist, you know, if that's what he believes, you know, we can have other opinions of it as long uh, you know, we can say, you know, his opinion is wrong, but, you know, if he doesn't say he's a white white supremacist, and, you know, there's evidence to suggest that, you know, with his whole, you know, the only reason why we know about him is because he's, he had the, um, the whole, uh, brand of, uh, white lives matter as well, you know, and the arguments he gave during the interview, which was rudely interrupting, by the punching, you know, he was making, you know, some, you know, fair points that, you know, you can argue he is a white supremacist, but at the same time, it is just as easy to argue that he isn't a white supremacist. So, you know, I think it is, you know, something to, you know, I think you can kind of dance around the idea because there are two sides to this story with that opinion. The next comment I'm seeing here is the IRS just punched his frog loving ass right in the face. Nazi punks, fuck off. <sighs> Look, the reason why this has happened is not because he is a Nazi. Even if he was a Nazi, he claims that he is not. You know, many people will claim that he is. But, you know, this has not happened because he is, you know, seen as a Nazi. This has happened. Because he has disobeyed the law in terms of, you know, doing the right paperwork to be a non-profit organisation. Like, I don't get how people can't acknowledge that. The reason why this has happened, and the reason why, you know, most of, you know, what happens in terms of non-profit organisations being stripped of their tax exemption is because of the paperwork. You know, there's probably a lot of paperwork that goes through. So, you know, this shouldn't be based on his views. His views are separate to why this has happened. I, you know, you can, you know, call him a piece of shit for his views, by all means. But the reason why this has happened is not because of his views. I'm hoping people can get this, you know, through their minds. That, you know, 
the only reason why this has happened is because he's done something illegal. Him being, you know, what you believe to be as a Nazi is not illegal. He is allowed to have these viewpoints. They may be immoral by some people's definition of morality, but he is allowed to say that kind of stuff. Kind of going on about what people have been saying, uh, a report has come out uh, by Reuters saying that Germany plans to find social media sites over hate speech. Uh, Germany plans a new law calling for social networks like Facebook to remove slanderous or threatening online posts quickly or face fines of up to 50 million euros. Okay, the reason why I have a problem with this is because Germany are very strict in terms of what classes as hate speech and what classes as free speech. You know, I get the impression that to say, you know, some of the things that, you know, you know, like Trump has been saying would be warrant enough for it to be deleted. Not to say that he is saying anything right or wrong. It's just that with, you know, the German's definition of hate speech at the moment, it feels like the goalpost is very wide, so much so that even I could hit the goal quite comfortably by just through criticism. That's what it feels like. And that's what it's a threat what there's a threat to because each company has a definition of where free speech ends and hate speech starts. And if Germany wants to move the guidelines and make it so that, you know, hate speech comes a lot, you know, quicker over free speech, then we're dealing with a crisis of, you know, whittling down what is, you know, what is actually free speech. And it is a shame that that is happening and it shouldn't be happening, especially when Germany profit off of this because they're calling for, you know, a 50 million euro fine for being, because they want to be stricter on what people can be saying. That, in my opinion, is closer to Nazism because you're stopping people from exercising their right to say what they want, you know? And actually have free speech over hate speech. Of course hate speech is bad. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying, you know, where does you know, hate speech you know, start and free speech end? Because that border could be as wide as possible or as close together as possible. And it is, you know, a scary reality if, you know, hate speech comes a lot quicker a lot quicker and having you know more conservative views you know which i think in many countries wouldn't be seen as hate speech now being a finable offense for you know the social network that you know hosts those views not to say that they're their own views but that's where those views are being placed and this is something that could be applying to facebook that's uh, is the potential to be happening to Twitter. Uh, there's potential of that happening on YouTube. And the thing is, you know, they have that, they each individually have their own idea of where hate speech starts and ends. Right now, 
we're starting to get to a point whereby it feels like hate, sp- hate speech and free speech, there is a tiny little overlap. You know, many things that are considered fine by, I would say, a good lot of people, both from the left and the right, is being considered hate speech because it goes against, you know, the company's views. Where, as, you know, if Germany wants to move that closer, now we could be seeing an even greater overlap. And that, you know, shouldn't be something that's been happening at all. The final main story that I do want to talk about, this episode is most probably going to be a lot shorter than the first episode, is that uh, Hillary Clinton, according to Julian Assange, uh, private stated uh, this month that she is quietly pushing uh, for a Pence takeover. She stated that Pence is predictable, hence defeatable. This is... If, if these claims are true, then this is, you know, a threat to democracy. You know, you have you know, a political party and a political figure that at this point won't take the you know results seriously it's like i can always remember about this time last year maybe a little bit closer to the election when trump said that he wouldn't concede and everyone's like oh that's you know gonna be a problem that's being you know him being stubborn yet it feels like, you know, Hillary Clinton, even though she has, you know, officially, you know, conceded, of course, it feels like she hasn't, and neither has the Democratic Party. They're going, you know, full in against it, and while some of their criticisms, you know, are correct criticisms, no doubt about it, their criticisms about healthcare, some of them are correct, their criticisms about the budget, some of them are correct, but for them to be on this complete offensive is completely undemographic. Uh, not undemographic, undemocratic. Sorry about my mix-up of words there. So, if this is true, and this is coming from Julian Assange, you know, and WikiLeaks, which uh, I might talk about after this, you know, they have pretty much a spotless track record in terms of, you know, the stuff that's being fired out, the private stuff, you know, this is something that is private. Um, I was going to talk about this in the last episode, I'm going to pull it up now, but, um, you know, you know, it has been, you know, found out, you know, a Putin spokesperson has said that, uh, they had met with, um, the Clinton campaign. It's almost like, you know, the Clintons can't see the hypocrisy the, de- the Democrats can't see the hypocrisy in what they're doing. They're saying, uh, Trump shouldn't be talking to the Russians. One, there is nothing wrong with the, you know, with them talking to the Russians. You know, to actually have a conversation is fine, you know, depending on what you know, is being said in this. And you know, suggesting from what's being said, it should be fine. But if we're going to go by your rules of you know, talking to, with the Russians is bad, well, you did it yourself. And you, you know, were actively hiding it up until Russia spoke out and said, yeah, we had talked to the Clinton campaign. I don't get how 
Democrats cannot see the hypocrisy throughout this. And the same goes here with um, what's being said by Julian Assange. You know, there's, you know, with them saying it's wrong for, you know, Donald Trump to not concede if he loses. Well, whilst you have officially conceded, there's, you know, get no getting around that. In terms of your actions, it seems like you haven't conceded. You're just on the offensive still. And it just makes everything, you know, a poor, bubbling mess. And we shouldn't be having that. You know, it is, you know, for you to be trying to do that is wrong. You know, Trump is the president. You cannot get around that. You shouldn't be stopping that from happening. You have to allow that. You can stop his policies, of course, and have, you know, cause for concern. But at the same time, you've got to admit he is the president. You can't just think, oh, we'll try and get the vice president in. No, that's not how it works. You can't just go around and do that, you know. And for supporters that are backing this uh, happening, I don't get how you can. Because, you know, I don't get how you can't see this as being undemocratic. And it is a real shame. Just as we finish up now, I'm going to have a quick look, see if there has been any more emerging news as we do record this. Not seeing anything more coming out. The only thing that's really being talked about is the elections over in uh, the Netherlands. Of which the only real news that has come out has been from... Um, f- has been from WikiLeaks. Um, that has revealed every hidden thing that they could find out about... Uh, I want to say all the candidates. I definitely know Gert Wilders was in there, and I believe the Dutch Prime Minister at the moment was in here. I'm going to quickly see if I can get because they posted it on Twitter, so I'll quickly uh, grab it. So uh, yeah, in um, the last two hours, um, WikiLeaks have posted two lots of searches, uh, like search histories. Uh, one about Gert Wilders and the other about the Dutch Prime Minister Mark Root um, and I'm gonna have a quick look through them. I did have a look at Gert Wilders to start off with and it's literally kind of just saying um, you know not all too much difference to what we already know. The only big thing you know one of the first things that comes up is um, the idea of Gert Wilders wanting to spread uh, an anti-Muslim uh, movement to the UK. That's the only thing I can uh, fully see in terms of any form of problem. In terms of the Dutch Prime Minister, it's not showing up with anything of the link. So I'm gonna. There is the search box, but I'm gonna quickly type in the name Mark Root to see if anything does come up. Uh, Mark Root. Uh, so there doesn't seem to be much. It does seem that you know the Dutch Prime Minister and Gert Wilders have you know that you know there is something going on. You know, of course there will be. People 
won't always know the full picture until much later on, but, you know, everything seems in check. It's not like we've got you know, uh, an issue in Netherlands like we did with, you know, the US in terms of the things that were being hidden. You, of course, had the protester emails. You had you know, the suspicions about Trump and Russia. So it doesn't seem like any of that is coming you know, out from Denmark. So hopefully... When the results do come out on Thursday, I believe it should be coming out. You know, they won't have them out by Wednesday. I know the voting's happening then. You know, we should you know, finally see what is happening. We'll either see, you know, Gert Wilder, who is the, you know, front runner. And, you know, for most people, he is the front runner. You know, we'll see if he does, you know, win it. Or if he has got a bit too complacent. I don't think he has because of what has happened in um, the Netherlands over the weekend. So we shouldn't be seeing you know, too much deviance from you know what people are predicting. You know, the predictions do seem quite you know, in favour of uh, Gert Wilders. So hopefully, you know, well, yeah, hopefully, you know, there won't be too much of a disparity from that. But other than that, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Make uh, Think Again podcast. I hope you have enjoyed, and I will hopefully see you on the next episode.